What's up, everyone? I hope you're doing well today. It is Sunday, June 21st, um, day number at least 100-something of Lockdown 2020. And this is Rafael Garcia here with episode three of MMA Ratings interview series. And today we, are, we will talk to Anthony Gethers, who is a combat sports uh, photographer who has been... I've been following his work for couple of years now, but I don't even really remember when I first uh, got introduced to his content, but he is a uh, fantastic photographer that does an excellent job of capturing some of our favorite sports, at least the ones I enjoy talking about in mixed martial arts, uh, boxing, kickboxing, and professional wrestling. So we will be talking to him about his career, but first and foremost, um, Anthony, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you coming on for today's episode. Yeah, man. You caught me at, caught me at a good time today. Uh, and it's, it's, it's nice to sit down for once and uh, just, just get a wrap on, on on everything today. So I appreciate you bringing me on to uh, your show. No problem, man. No problem. And um, I want to kind of hop right in because everyone that I know that is involved with photography has a story about when they first fell in love with taking pictures. So uh-huh. tell me about yours. When did you first figure out that photography was a thing that you wanted to do for the rest of your life? Oh, man. I'm going to go back and say as early as, um, I'm going to say between middle school and junior high school. And because at the time when I was going to grade school, especially in the 90s, because during that time, you know, everybody, everybody's in the Dragon Ball Z, everybody's in the comic books. So I started out drawing. And then, lo and behold, in seventh grade, enough to get it. There was a, um, because I, about me, I'm a creative person. Like, I, I'm an expressive person. So, I got to I gotta express whatever's in my head, whatever's in my heart, whatever, whatever's in my spirit. I got to express it. So, I, I dabbled in music. I dabbled in anything creative I dabbled in. So, just one day, um the social studies teacher of mine, a black man, of course. One day I was in his room after school um, because I'm usually the first person to get to places. So, you know, I just came to the room one day. He's like, yo, want to enter a photo contest? At the time, I'm like, what the fuck do you mean photo contest? And he showed me this camera. And this was when um, UPN was like the black channel. And then Washington Mutual was around. So uh, they, they both put together this photo contest. So uh, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? In the camera, we both went to the orientation. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, because everybody thinks that, you know, when you get get a camera, you come out like, yo, you're the man off rip. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you right now. When I first got that camera, I was trash. Like trash, like then you could take my work and be like, yo, you can't shoot shit. But the nice thing was I got to know my community at the same time. Like usually like you like, like growing up in Bed Style, you know, it's predominantly black neighborhood, but at the time, you know, you I'm in seventh grade, you you think you know everybody, but this camera allowed me to go places and meet other people in in bed style and I really by the time I by the time I uh, finished this contest although I lost, I ain't getting nothing for it but knew my community and I was like you know what, I like this photography stuff, I'm gonna keep going so after junior high school um, I went to high school for it, the high school graphic communication arts in uh, Hell's Kitchen in New York, and because they have, they had a photo program that's kind of similar to college. Like the way they run it is similar to college. Like you go to graphic arts high school, you pick your major, which you want to focus on, and uh, you'll take classes. You'll take both your regular academic classes, and then uh, you'll take your uh, your career your career choice classes. So at, when I went to high school. When I attended high school, at first, I did because part of getting in the photo program, you needed a portfolio. 
which I didn't have because at the time I was I just had finished discovering photography. So I went the journalism route. I didn't like it because at the time I wasn't patient enough to write. It's funny because now on Instagram, all I do is write paragraphs. And uh, and went through the journalism program on stage for half the semester. And once I had enough, I was like, all right, I'm going to the, going to the photo. I'm going to the photo academy. That's what they call each major academies. And uh, I, I took it seriously. They had a rigorous film uh, film photography program. Like you learned every every you you learn how to shoot on every piece of film, whether it's 35 millimeter or four by five or 120. You learn how to develop your film. You learn how to uh, make your own prints using a darkroom. Everything was done uh, uh, analog. It was no. I didn't touch a digital camera till uh, I didn't touch a digital camera till about twenty and in, in, in the twenty ten roughly. So after high school, I didn't go straight away to college. I was like, look, because at the time I didn't know if there was any scholarships around or whatever. So and I wasn't ready mentally for college. Well, I, I just needed a break from school. Because once you go to school from like pre-K all the way to 12th grade, you kind of need a break. And you need to find yourself as a human being. So I went to the Marine Corps, the United States Marine Corps, after high school. Uh, became a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. Went to combat uh, to Afghanistan twice. And in that time, you know, I was like, all right, what am I going to do after the Marine Corps? Because I was not, all right, the first time I went, like the first, after the first combat tour, I was like, all right, maybe I'll think about re-enlisting. And then the second combat tour, and then I was like, you know what? At that time, between both combat deployments and us fighting and everything, I was like, maybe I should revisit it. I need to revisit this photography thing when I get out. So started me re-enlisting. I served all four out. I left. And um, it, it was straight away to college. I went to the School of Visual Arts. And uh, I went, relearned everything, learned how to, you know, once I relearned how to shoot on film, then transitioned into digital. And in that time, when I was at SBA for all four years, I was looking for something. It didn't take me long to find what I wanted to focus on. My freshman year, after my freshman year, I was like, you know what? Because I'm a fan of it anyway. Let's shoot combat sports. Fuck. What's the worst that can happen? Right? So, once I started, so, and I, you know, I extended that. I was like, what in combat sports do you want to focus on? And I noticed that in the the Muay Thai community, kickboxing community, here in New York City, a lot of black fighters were not getting the attention. So I took it upon myself to basically say, you know what? Instead of focusing on everybody, let's pay attention to a lot of the black fighters. And that's where I met uh, fighters like Angela Hill. So the people I'm going to list are people I've met and photographed. Angela Hill. Former board kickboxer Wayne Barrett, uh, two division champion David Branch, former uh, Bellator light heavyweight champion Liam McGarry, uh, UFC welterweight Randy Brown, Jarrell Big Baby Miller, and a whole slew of black fighters. Once you notice the pattern, they're all black fighters. So uh, while my time at SVA, I really honed in and Photographed them while I was honing my craft at, at college. So uh, that's been my mission. All right, so before I wrap this up, um, aside from photographing uh, them, then I was like, aside of making my platform, making my art about mainly black athletes, I was like, all right, I got other passions. So with the pro wrestling, with music, with everything else that you see on my page, but mainly in sport. And also, during my time at SBA, I was focusing on streetball. Because, um, you know, lots of, you know, New York, Wayne, like a lot of colleges don't have 
like a lot of like a lot of art schools don't have sports teams. So I was like, all right, what's the way I could really I could break into basketball without having it in college? And I was like, streetball, because again, I grew up on streetball. So photographs that and fighting for four years and still to this day. Um, so yeah, that in between that, focused on also pro wrestling. Focused on uh, hip hop, um, but yeah, that's that's basically my story in a nutshell. So you broke down a couple of different things there that um, I, I would like to talk about. I didn't don't even have some of these on my list of questions um, today, but you mentioned your couple your time serving in the military. That's something I did not actually know about were you still involved in photography from like a from like a side kind of passion type of deal at that time and was there anything that, that you shot within the military space um i tried because I, I bought a camera and i tried to i tried to use it on deployment because the first the first combat deployment was to marja afghanistan which was a pretty which is a pretty hellacious fight for eight and a half to nine months. And I never forget when we were on patrol one time, it was it was on Sunday too. We were heading down to the battalion FOB, or Ford operating base. And that morning we took contact like the um, Taliban fighters with um, attacking every patrol base. So we go. We uh, provide support by fire by, from all uh, adjacent uh, patrol bases and get back on the road to go to battalion. And next thing you know, I hear two shots crack near my ear. And then the truck I was in blew up. So uh, after that, me and my driver, me and the driver that was with me, we went, we both were in the, um, we both were in the truck that got blown up by an IED. You know, we look around, get the gun off the truck, and there goes my camera, all destroyed. So after that, I was like, all right, I ain't shooting no more until I get back to the States. Because I have really, like, I was focused, but the fact that I looked at my camera, I was like, damn. I was like, all right, I ain't shooting no more until we get back in the States. Fuck. Because I'm not buying another camera unless I unless I'm not stepping on IED. So it was a wrap. For, it was pretty much a wrap for that. True. That makes sense. I definitely understand that. Definitely understand that point there. So when you return to the States and let's, you, you take up photography and you want to focus on the black athletes in the sport, what was the reception to that? Because I haven't heard of any other photographer taking those types of, of, of steps with their artwork. So mm-hmm. what was the reception of, you know, I want to focus on the, the, the black athletes that are performing day in and day out. How was that received? All right. I ain't gonna lie to you. When I did that in college, it was hated. It was like, because right, one thing about art school, they don't really see, they don't really, you know, in a lot of students' work, you don't really see a whole lot of aggression and and raw. You don't you don't you don't see a whole lot of realness of 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 sport, basically. So, um, within my so-called within the so-called class that I was in, uh, class of 2016, it was not well received. But I didn't give a damn. I was like, look, I'm not. Because you got to think about I went to school, I went to college at 22. And a lot of who I was attending college with were 18, 19 years old. So, but they, and being that I was the only black guitar in a lot of these classes, um, and most of these are rich white students, they hated it. And, you know, I didn't give a damn. I was like, this ain't about you. It's about me representing me use me telling story of of uh, a lot of black fighters who don't get their story told unless they go above and beyond in sports or hell even in you know we look at 
look at the mixed martial arts landscape or any sport today. Fighters got to go through damn near above and beyond just to get noticed. So, you know, when I was working on that from the ground up in uh, college, it was not it was not well received except for one one professor I had. He was my studio professor, and he helped me craft it a bit more. But other than that, in college, it was not well received. But I stayed on the path. So, as a, in, in the professional space, um, in some of the the promotions that that you worked with. How do the promotions respond to that? And how do some of the athletes respond as well? Are they surprised? Are they more um, inclined to work with you? Talk to me about that space. Okay, so I have, like, all right, so what I do, all right, so how can I say this? All right, the, so I did a lot more work more so for newspapers and media outlets. Like, like a couple of times I shot uh, uh, UFC events. That was for ESPN. Uh, when I photographed uh, David Branch defending, when I followed David Branch as he was winning both uh, World Series of Fighting light heavyweight and uh, middleweight titles, I was on my own on that. A lot of all right, so a lot of projects that I work on, I'm on my own with. Like every now and again, media outlets may reach out to me. It's like, hey, you want to work with us? But a lot of it, I work on my own. So. And what I do, I'll shoot the event, no problem. But then, once you look on my Instagram, I feature more black athletes than just like the event in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's how. So I'll, 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 I'll shoot the event. I'll shoot all fighters' events. But then, when it comes down, if if a fighter I'm following is on the card or whatever, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I pay heavy attention to to their fight or whatever. But on my Instagram and social medias, I'll feature them more so. For example, all right, so like all the fighters I listed that I've been working with or have worked with, um, I'll photograph their whole camp. Basically, I treated, I was like making many documentaries, many, many photo stories. And um, at first it was met, at first they didn't know who I was. You know, it's a lot of fighters, you know, it's hard being that, you know, uh, who they got to deal with in sport are not, uh, they're not of good character. So, you know, having a stranger, and especially me, I'm a, I'm a six, even 240 pound black man. They're like, that's, uh, that, you know, barely speaks, but I got like, um, I got this serious, I got this all around me. Like it's, mysterious because I I don't talk a whole lot but uh except today but uh they're like who you there once they got to know me and was like all right yo he was in like the fact that I was a marine and this that and third they know that, that I can identify with you know what they go through so once we broke once we got got to talking and they got to really know me and everything then it just became hey you come to my camp today. You come, you come in today. You're gonna to be around today. Uh, you know, come to my house. Uh, come hang, come kick it with me. So it became. It started as just like on a professional thing, and then I we wind up being friends with a lot of the fighters, a lot of the black fighters that I photograph. And uh, and a lot of the like uh, outside of working, because like I said, the only time I got to work with the UFC was when uh, Josh Barnett fought um, Ben Rothwell. That was in Jersey a couple of years ago. Other than that, more so media outlets. Some media outlets hire me, and then uh, the other half is me working on my own and working with the fighters to try to get uh, press passes to to uh, their fights. So, to this day, I'm not, like, me... I haven't had a chance. I haven't had an opportunity to really work with the promotion. It's been, it's been on me up to this entire from college all the way to now. It's been basically all me. Okay, all right, that makes perfectly good sense for me there. Um, let, let's talk about some of the athletes that you've had to, that you've had an opportunity to work with on kind of I don't want to say side projects, but uh, like not event 
projects. I got, I think it was not, I remember, I believe it was your work with David Branch is when I first got introduced to um, some of your content, the work with him right. you did with Liam McGarry a couple of years back. Right. What types of projects have you done for athletes on, on, on the side like that, that aren't necessarily ingrained in a fight night coverage? Okay. So uh, the types of things that I work one, I'll, I'll shoot their portraits. So I also have, a deep uh, knowledge of uh, portrait photography, dealing in the studio and stuff. So I'll work with them. Even um, when they're getting ready for a fight, uh, like months out, I'll document the whole camp. And not just like the whole camp from a athletic standpoint. I'll follow them home, uh, uh, photograph like how they work, how they, you know, managing camp, you know, because... So, for example, like with David, David has kids. Um, so, you know, um, so he has to, he's, and, oh, okay. So I'll give you a story. This is a good story. So, so prime example how I work is, I'm, like, me and David will meet up, you know, um, and this is especially, the story I'm going to tell you, especially when he was getting ready for Vinny Magalhaes, defending, I think he was, I think he was defending his light heavyweight title at World Series of Fighting. So at the time, he was uh, getting ready to build his own gym because he was like, I need my own space and I want to make another stream of income. So Dave was doing his camp while building his gym. Like, I mean, building from scratch. He didn't have no contractors or anything. So I would help him. I helped him. Like, like I, like, I helped him build his gym while photographing his camp. So it'll be like a, it'll be like an early day. He'll get in, he'll train, he'll, he'll have his like his boxing coach or whatever. Because um, Dave, when he got when he was getting ready for all his uh, fights at World Series of Fighting, when I started meeting him, uh, he was getting ready for his fights between Jersey and and New York City. So you know we he may like he'll may he may do. Uh, part of his camp in New York and then finish it out in New York in New Jersey for the day. So after we're traveling through New York and New Jersey, we'll go back to his gym uh, relatively around eight, nine o'clock and I would help him build the gym. So and I was photographing. So because basically what I do, uh, if you know the work of Gordon Parks and Howard Bingham, they pretty much followed uh Muhammad Ali from the ring to his training camp to his home. Uh, they photographed everything between the ring, his home, when he would go to Africa, when he go to countries in Africa, when he would uh, go come to New York City to visit with to see uh, his friend at the time, uh, Malcolm X. So I took instead of just taking a regular fight night approach to uh david branch i took more of a i took more of a human route with him so i i go everywhere with him like during the camp like if he went to go visit shorty or whatever you know i do that uh if he's going to visit his, his friends whatever go do that get up saturday morning because saturday mornings usually go box go uh, when he had uh, his trainer, his former trainer, uh, uh, Lenny, uh, we'll meet up. We'll all meet up in Brooklyn. Go drive down to East New York to cops and kids. Like I pretty much photograph. Like I treat his camp not just as a camp, but like I go document his entire life during that time. And then uh, outside of fights, like if he wants portraits and stuff for his promotional thing, that's why I whip out the lights or we'll find some place in the city and do something cool so uh yeah like i took a very human photojournalistic approach and that, that's what i do with all every fighter i've ever worked with i like between uh photojournalistic approach between the portraiture between the uh fight night coverage i make sure i uh photo i'm basically photographing their lives as athletes so so who are some athletes you would like to work with? Who are, who are some fighters that are still competing in from an MMA space that, that you would love to cover? 
Well, when we get back to normal, Randy Brown, uh, love to work again with David Branch. I want like my, uh, I also want to work with Deontay Wilder because that brother right there is like, you know, he, like, I could care less about Tyson Fury and these other guys, but to me, he's the, Deontay Wilder is the real people's champ. So it'd be, it would be cool to like work with him because I, um, I did an assignment for, uh, I forgot the magazine's name. It's called Athletes Quarterly, but it had me, uh, they had me follow Deontay Wilder around when he fought uh, Archer Speaker in the Barclays. And let me, I like, that's one of the most fun assignments I had. So, well, personally, I would like to work with Deontay Wilder because I'm like, you see photos of him and I've shot a number of his big profile fights. So, just to bring it home and really photograph him intimately, whether he's in camp or whether he's in in uh at home in Alabama, whatever the case may be. That's one that's another guy I would like to work with. And not for nothing, I would like to work with some of the wrestlers in WWE. Because everybody knows I'm a I'm a wrestling fan. So some of those some of those athletes if I could like photograph their matches or find some funky way on how to do uh portraits for them, that's also you know and also, uh, boxing, I want to work a lot a lot more with these young guns, like the, the likes of Shakur Stevenson. And, uh, I work with uh, before the pandemic had uh, put everything at a halt. I was working with, uh, uh, his name is uh, Richardson Hitchens. He's another up-and-coming boxer. So I will also like to box aside from Deontay Wilder. I want to work with a lot of the young black fighters because um, a lot of them are gonna be uh, are gonna be very. They they're gonna hold it down for for boxing for 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 many years coming. I wanna I wanna get them. I wanna make like portraits and like uh, other kinds of work with them too. So. So you actually kind of what? And sorry, I cut you off. And no, 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 you got. Uh, also, I wanna work with a lot of uh, basketball players too because I do have. have I do have that love over there too in basketball, but in terms of combat sports, whether it's in boxing, pro wrestling, or MMA, uh, a lot of those black athletes, uh, I would love to work with. So you mentioned pro wrestling and you being a, a fan of that industry as well. How did you get into shooting that space? Because I've seen on your site that you've done work for WWE and Ring of Honor as well. Right. So how how did you end up getting in, into that space as well? There's a there's a um, personal trainer that I work I, I usually do work for. So one of his clients was the daughter of uh, one of the uh, one of New Japan Pro Wrestling's referees. So instead of always taking payment from him, I was like, hey, instead of taking payment from you, sometimes whenever there's a wrestling show in New York. I was like, yo, can you get me a media, can you get me a, um, a wristband for a seat? Because what I'll do is I'll sneak my camera in and shoot some of the shows. So, like, for the, for the, uh, for, I want to say, two to three Ring of Honor shows, like the big shows, like the final battle, I was like, hey, you ain't got to pay me. Pay me, like, if you can, if you can get me in one of those seats at Ring of Honor, I'll take it, I will, because, because I told him, I'm a pro wrestling fan, and I want to get into shooting pro wrestling. So he'll give me a wristband, and I'll go. I'll take my camera with my big lens, and I'll do that. And then, um, so I wasn't paid for that. That's, again, that's personal work. And then um, I did w, how I got into shooting um, for WWE. Because at first, I was... Uh, First time I worked for WWE was a couple of charity charity stuff, like uh, when they go visit hospitals. So because of that, and they, I mean, ESPN saw my body of work by shooting the Ring of Honor, and I did shoot um, the indie show in the Bronx. It was in the gym. 
they were like, hey, you want to assist for one of our shooters for uh, SummerSlam, uh, for SummerSlam week, weekend? Because it was NXT TakeOver and then SummerSlam. I was like, hell yeah. So I got to assist and shoot uh, Drew McIntyre uh, win the NXT title. And that's when um, Undisputed Era made their way to uh, NXT. So between that and then, so I've, I've had my, because what I do is whatever I want to do, I'll make personal work of it. I'll put it up. And then, you know, I'll even, like, I'll have conversations with, like, editors and stuff. I think this is what I want to do. I know you, you guys are covering this down third. So, but, yeah, that's how I got into shooting uh, pro wrestling. So what are some of the differences you've noticed in shooting a scripted form of entertainment, like pro wrestling, and something more, or, and I hate to say real, but something more uh, realistic as boxing or, or MMA? With... The only difference, really, is um, knowing where you're going to be. Let me explain that. So with boxing, with boxing, you, like, based on uh, a lot of people's photographs and mentorship and everything, and everybody works boxing. So there's a camaraderie. There's a bit of camaraderie. You get to get an ant. You get to get some answers on where to be, like where you need to be at ringside or if you're going to shoot up top um, over the ring or whatever. So there's that. With wrestling, it's more of uh, you don't actually know that's the, like where you're going to be at is the right spot. And because uh, there's no, when it comes to shooting pro wrestling, like a lot of people don't shoot pro wrestling. Like you got to be, you know, like, like for example, when I shot SummerSlam, it wasn't a whole lot of photographers covering SummerSlam. It was like me. Well, all right, the first SummerSlam I shot was for WWE. No, it's for ESPN. My bad. Uh, I went to like me and the photographers working. I look because uh, they put all the photographers on. Uh, you know where the hard cam is. So where the hard cam is. Um, they'll put like there was only like three to four photographers there, and they were all like in their in their sixties or seventies. So, and that and they were all white guys. So you you already know what that is, what that is about. But uh, yeah, like you just gotta be with pro wrestling. You just gotta um, there's no really one right spot to capture everything, especially when you uh photographing WWE events. ROH events you can kinda roam around because uh the arenas that ROH get it's more of like the Hamstein ballroom. So no matter where you are, you always got a good seat. So you can always make solid work for it. When it comes to WWE events, you only got one or two spots that you can photograph things from. So whether it's hard cam or whether um and I'm or whether like, you know, uh the pre show glass table this when we have people in arenas. You can kind of go in that vicinity and photograph some stuff because you'll photograph the uh, action and then behind the actual wrestling, you get the Titan Tron. So that's a nice little background. But just like position, other than that, it's really no difference because uh, pro wrestling also, you don't really, you don't have to script in your hand. So you don't know what's going to happen. So it, it still leaves, it leaves that, uh, mistake that boxing and MMA leaves in the air. You know what I'm saying? I do understand what you're saying there, for sure. Um, let me ask you this. What are some major pro wrestling events that you would like to shoot that you have not? Are there any that you have at the top of your list, like your career bucket list or anything like that? Man, I got a big... I got I got a, I got a uh, defined bucket list. So, I would like to shoot WrestleMania. Like, I think I shoot that. I'm, I'm straight. Um, but some, but WrestleMania, I like to shoot SummerSlam again. Uh, Money in the Bank, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, if AEW gets his shit together, um, 
I like to, I would like to shoot national AEW pay per view. Um, trying to think of any other, uh, trying to think of any other uh, stuff. If Lucha Underground was still around, I that would have been on the bucket list. Cause I like, I'm not gonna lie, I when Lucha Underground came on the scene, I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? I like this shit. It reminded me of uh, a little bit of uh, I don't know if you ever watched WMAC Masters back in the day, but uh, it reminded yeah, yeah, me of, yeah, I, I am, I am, I am familiar with that. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that because I'm like, just the way they presented pro wrestling, um, it felt more like, like duck, like when you look at a WWE program, it's like, yo, it's live, it's it's actually it's like a, it's like watching an NBA game or whatever, everything's live and everything with Lucha Underground. It was more like a, uh, it was more like a, like a uh, stars drama, like Spartacus. I was like the way it was shot and everything. had the real, when we talk about cinematic matches and everything, that was Lucha Underground for me. It was very, like everything about it was different. Uh, they played on the Chicano culture a lot, uh, where, where they felt, uh, I, would, I just fell in love with that. So if that, so if, if. Lucha Underground somehow, some way comes back. That's on the bucket list. But by far, the two big events on my bucket list in pro wrestling, I watch shoot WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, SummerSlam again, Money in Bank, and a big AEW pay-per-view. Just a random question. Did you go to Mania a couple, was it last, not this past year, but the one before where Kofi won um, in Barclays Center? No, I didn't. I didn't get to. I didn't get to go because I, I was working with WWE during that week, uh, WrestleMania week, because they had me shoot a lot of the NXT matches. Because it was also film NXT matches. Um, sadly, I didn't get to. I didn't get to go. But man, just the buzz around that weekend was like, whew, like especially being in the um, where they had uh, where they had uh, WrestleMania access. Man, the buzz in that building for for uh, WrestleMania 36 was crazy, especially when Kofi came into because uh, they had WrestleMania access in the and um I, it was it was like kind of like Hangar Bay or whatever in Brooklyn, and when he entered WrestleMania access, it was like people were like yo like it chills. I was, but. If I ever get a chance to work with uh, WWE again, that next time I I'm make it making my business to uh, making my business to try to photograph uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, I was there that that year, and it was actually it was crazy up there that year too. You're definitely right. Yeah. Um, I want to move over to basketball because I was looking at your site and I saw something that stood out to me. And I wanted to ask: did, Are any of those shots at either the cage or Rucker Park? Because it looked like it, and I wasn't uh, totally sure. Yeah. Um, Talk to couple of those. Couple of those shots are like between Rucker Park, the Cage, um, Dykeman, Gersh Park, which is all the way in East New York, and yeah, so those four parks, pretty much. So I, um, I'm, I'm 36 and I am in like, I, I'm on the East Coast as well. So I'm in the Washington, D.C. area and I try to get up to New York every summer. One of my things when going up there is try to make it to either both the cage or to Rucker Park or one or, one or the other. Because I understand what those courts mean to basketball as a whole. Talk yeah. to me about that for people who do not know. Why are those courts so important and why is it such a big deal for you to have shot games going on there? Man, so I'll, I'll break it down by, by by court too. So with Dykeman, Dykeman is the red carpet of basketball. So due to the fact that uh, Dykeman get a lot more celebrities that come through the Bronx to watch a lot of the games, like between rappers, between um, people in the league and everything. And with Dykeman, they – they work hand in hand with Nike a little bit, um, so like Dykeman's become the one of the go-to courts in New York City. Before it was the Cage, but because of uh, 
the 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 because of the prestige and the and the um and the different kind of guests that go through Dykeman, it's become one of the hotbeds for, for streetball. Because when they when a celebrity comes to whether it's an NBA player or rap or whatever, they sit them up. They have um they have an actual it's not really a skybox, but they they simulate it on the court where they get they 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 built a, a sort of like a skybox to to watch games and like besides games they play like it's really party central like guys go down there you know they get you they get you something to drink get a little get a little food guys bring their weed and it's really like it's really a good time like like you, you, there's games going on from five o'clock all the way to eleven o'clock at night and it's always packed in there. Uh, Dykeman has always been one of the hotbeds for basketball, and it's only it's only growing. Now the other part, Gersh Park, all the way east New York, that's another that's a hotbed for basketball in Brooklyn due to the fact that um, just prestige and the amount of players. Because let me tell you something about streetball, especially in New York. You the mix of talent that comes to play in these leagues in New York is between all Americans, uh, pros that play in Europe and other parts of the world. Um, you got college, you got um, high school All-Americans, like McDonald's All-Americans, uh, four-star recruits. Like, like we're talking, you want to talk one of the one of the best places for street ball, it is New York City. Because the amount of talent that comes to play here is crazy. So, back to Gersh. Gersh is another hotbed for basketball because um, Brooklyn has a has a reputation. Everybody goes uptown to play ball, but nobody really comes to play ball in Brooklyn because a lot of the, a lot of games that being played Brooklyn, it, it's it's a rough game. It's a rough game. You gotta have you gotta have some nuts about it. Like you can't just go there and expect calls every time. You can't expect fouls to call. You gotta go out there. You gotta show out and. Gersh is another. It's, it's, it's exactly like uh, Dykeman. The amount of people that gets packed, you know, it, it's it's them. They're like from both with both parks. It rivals Madison Square Garden, despite it being parks. The the noise, the energy level, the play, the music, just everything, the environment, and lots of people pack in in the Gersh. Like if you're not there early. You gotta damn near climb a fence just to watch the game. Like you gotta damn near climb the park bench, like the park fence to watch the game. It is crazy. So between those two parks, Rucker Park is not as big anymore because, you know, with a lot of controversy and you know, the guys that run Rucker Park, they don't they haven't done good business with other brands and everything. And they haven't had really any big leagues uh play there. It's still a monumental court. Still a monumental court, but right now, two big courts is uh, Dykeman and Gersh with the, with the cage coming in third place. All right, man. I, I really appreciate that breakdown. That's definitely something I um I want to go see all of the courts there. I haven't had an opportunity to make it yet, but I'm going to make that happen once we get once we get back open and we can do a little bit more travel and be a little bit safer about it. Yeah. Uh, so, what are some sports industries that or sports leagues that you would like to shoot for and haven't had the opportunity to yet? Oh man. Uh, like I said, WWE is always on the list. <laughs> uh, I need to do more work with them, not just like like the 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 fan in me wants to do a lot more work with WWE. I would like to do stuff with the NBA and the WNBA. Um. What else? Uh, I want to do some more stuff with the UFC, but I know my mouth is too crazy. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure you see me on, uh, on, on Twitter. Just like I, like, uh, yeah. It, it all depends with with them. Like if, as long as it's good and they don't, they don't, you know, look at my Twitter. I think I'm, I think I'm straight. But like between the UFC, between uh, WWE, shit, even uh, New Japan, if I. Cause I got my passport now, so you know if they hook it up, it'd be like, "Yo, we want you to do this for us or whatever." That'd be straight. 
know, the NBA. Um, shit. I'm not too keen on, like, I like football, I'm an iffy on because I'm like, uh, I could shoot it. Uh, but, you know, based on, you know, the way they treat college Kaepernick and stuff, it's put, a, it's, it's put a bad taste in my mouth, and that's the league I'd rather stay away from. Now, if, you know, because the NHL not too long ago talked about uh, a lot of black uh, players uh, late to innovative hockey. So I'm like, we get some more brothers in hockey. That's another approach. That's another that's another league I like to work with. Um, and then baseball. So if I could touch, if I could touch as many sports as possible, um, and mainly, and also like with combat sports, if I between the UFC and Bellator and PFL, um, if I could rotate around those. Those sort of leagues, I'd be straight. But my, aside from that, the number one priority is pro wrestling. So, uh, all all those all those different leagues and stuff. If I could find some way to get in, even the golf, even golf, Tiger's still around. So, once things open back up, uh, I want to touch it all. I want to touch everything I can because there's there's. Uh, there's a whole lot of black athletes that I feel ain't, ain't getting their shine or like, like there's uh, there's players that I know we grew up with. I would like to photograph it all because like, like years down the road, I wouldn't be able to like, all right, here's my book. Here's what I've, here's everything I've shot from my eyes with some commentary and things. So that's, I'm trying to touch it all, man. <laughs> Good stuff. And, I, and I, I'm sure that you probably will as well too. Like talk to me about, how the global pandemic has impacted your work. You've, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times when things open back up. Like, how has basically the shutdown of the sports industry impacted your ability to do your job? Um, well, well, everything closed. Well, good, the good thing about living in a place like Brooklyn, New York, is it gives you work regardless. Like, not paid work, but it gives you work. So, um... Like, granted, I haven't been able to shoot, like, the professional sports. But you look to the street, there's people playing, there's people partaking in sports in the street. So one of the things that I've been working on is shooting uh, dirt bikes and stuff, like people riding dirt bikes and eight, and motorcycles and stuff. So uh, I've been working on that. Once this, uh, so I got to find time between shooting these protests and stuff to, uh, keep working on that um been shooting now all summer got a chance to go in these parks kids playing basketball without the hoops so i shot a little bit of that i think I, I need to touch on that a little bit more once the kids start going back outside a little bit more um i shot some some black bmx bikers like i, I came across um one day and they just it was riding their bikes and doing tricks on like the rails and the uh, different things on the park so that was cool got to shoot same day, got to shoot some uh, skateboarders. Uh, yeah, so New York City gives you gives you stuff to shoot. So I, I haven't this pandemic ain't really hurt nothing, especially when the bikes came out. I was like, I'm on it. Let me let me photograph this. Let me let me see what's going on in New York as far as that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's basically. So I haven't. I've still been able to make work during this because also another thing about this uh, pandemic, uh, it hasn't really slowed me down. It just had me shift my focus to other, to make another kind of work, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I understand that because it hasn't really slowed me down either. You just kind of kind of shift your work. Um, what, so I saw that you shot the Democratic National Convention as well too. And you, you yeah. mentioned it in our, our conversation so far. Um, before I ask you about, about shooting the protests and some of the civil unrest that's going on, talk to me about shooting the the DNC. What was that like? Man, shooting the DNC was like shooting a pro wrestling show. Let me explain. All right, so my role at the DNC, I was so Instagram had hired me in partnership with the Democratic National Convention to make a series of portraits of all the important people that was at the Democratic National Convention. So I was the, I was like, you know how, I don't know if you ever see like 
Um, like, if you watch UFC Unfiltered, the UFC All Access, uh, YouTube specials, you know how they show uh, the photographer always, like, shooting all the athletes uh, prior to fight week? That was me at the DNC. So, um, me and the, the assistants, they hired me. We set up, because we had a small room to work in, so we set up we set up three back three backgrounds in a suite. They gave they gave us a suite. It was a relatively small room. And uh I was working on Instagram, they got in. We created a system where we pull in all like the special guests and people that were very important to the Democratic National uh convention. And we made we was making portraits. I I was shooting portraits of them from eight o'clock in the morning till 9 p.m. at night for four days and you know just it, it was really like a it was really like a sports uh a sporting event like between the speakers and people singing songs and the people getting all riled up and you got the special guests coming through the suite getting their portraits taken by me working with facebook and instagram and dnc it was nuts you know just going through security Four, four droves. It was, it was just absolute nuts. And I was not expecting that for a political event. And it's, it's fuck. It's crazy. It was crazy working there. Um, even, you know, you walk up the stairs to, you, uh, you know, walking up the stairs to the suite. They had a uh, media row, radio and podcast shows for every, for, they was covering. It, it was damn near like any big UFC event. Like meet all types of media outlets, and radio shows, and television shows. It, it it was like you wanted to talk about the showcase of the immortals in wrestling. We when we talk about the showcase of the immortals, we think we know it's going to be a big extravagance and a big extravagant event. That was the DNC. It was a big extravagant event. Like I cannot count on my hands how many uh, news outlets and media outlets and uh, podcasts and it was just it was one crazy event that culminated at the end of the week culminated in Hillary Clinton at that time declaring her uh, her nomination to run for president just a big it was just a big uh, it was a big event and man that was one week I never forget and I was high during that during that entire week so for, for me to work that and still remember everything while being high, it's, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. Up, but man. Yeah. yeah, man. Talk to me about shooting the, the protests that are going on now. I mean, you're in New York, but they're going on throughout the world. This is like yeah. a massive moment that most people are sitting at home and watching, but there's still thousands of people out in, in the streets, letting their voices be heard. What are you seeing out there behind the camera as, as you're working to shoot these events? Man, man, where do you want me to start? All right. So, and it, and it happened quick, too, because I was following I was following what happened with George Floyd on, on Twitter and Instagram. And when, it, when the protests hit New York, that same day, I was off my ass. I had my camp packed. I was like, all right, yo, where is it at? Where, where am I going? Because uh, for me and a lot of uh, my friends who are black photographers, we saw this more as a, well, me personally, we saw this as a call, a call to duty. Like, this is a moment in time you cannot, like, we cannot afford to just sit home. Like, I, and I know everybody's trying to stay safe and not get sick and everything, but Man, it was just like, all right, yo, you gotta, you gotta go out there, cause uh, this this affects everybody that's black. So I went out first. The first site for the protest was the Barclays Center. Went out there. I never saw uh, like you. You always hear about stories about black people not like getting on the same page or whatever. When I started shooting these protests, the, oh, that shit can go out the window, cause man, I. I've never seen that many black people go out there and protest and 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 and, and voice their opinion the way it's been going on. Now, yeah, we've seen white people out there, but for the most part, I've been 
I've been paying attention a lot more to black people because this is our fight. So I've been photographing a lot more black people. Along the way with these protests, I don't know if it's just me or whatever, but I've been running into a lot of the uh, a lot of Black Panther Party members and a lot of people from the Black Liberation Union, from the Black Liberation Army. Uh, especially I ran into one of the members of the Black Liberation Army that helped to break out uh, Sasha Corp from prison and help her escape to Cuba. So uh, a lot of history, a lot of history is being made and I'm receiving a lot of historical context from a lot of the, uh, from a lot of revolutionaries that have done this before. I've been at this before. And it's just to see this generation, see our generation younger going out there and putting on a fight and putting the pressure on the government, putting pressure on corporate America and sports league. It's putting pressure on everybody. It's it's been it's been phenomenal to just photograph and uh, to to document like this 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 movement, you know. Um, so yeah, like I like once once this protest happened, I I dropped every I dropped everything I was working on. I was like, yo, right now, this is where you this is where my attention needs to be on not not for, not for, uh, not for any selfish reasons, but to document this, just like all the great black photographers like Gordon Parks and Eli Reed and all these uh, other great photographers have done. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of physical, uh, civil unrest. You're starting to see a lot of black people really, if really question the government, question everything's getting questioned right now, even on the ground. A lot of, a lot of. Even though a lot of the younger crowds are starting to form up groups and everything to try to, uh, to try to uh, liberate themselves from from uh, this country, so it's been it's been a lot that's going on. It's really been a lot that's been uh, going on. Yeah, it's definitely been something to watch, and I I really I'm leaning towards the the side where I, I think that we will finally see some some types of, of structural change across the um, country. I'm, at least I'm, I'm hoping for that to, uh, to happen. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, before we close out, man, why don't we let everybody know where they can find your work and if they're interested in working with you, what are the best ways of getting in touch with you? All right. The best way to get in touch with me is you can go on, you can go on Instagram and find me at Anthony B. Gathers, that's it on Instagram, uh, at Anthony B. Gathers, or if you want to go to Twitter route, you can go, you can find me at Brooklyn's Son. I'll say again, if you want to reach me through Twitter, uh, go to the profile that says at Brooklyn's Son. At Brooklyn's Son, you'll find me there. Also, my website, Anthony, uh, AnthonyGethersPhoto.com. Uh, you'll find you. You can. I got my email and everything there, and I got my social media link, so you can see me there. Um, yeah, I'm all over the place between Instagram, between Twitter, uh, even my website. You'll you'll be and also my email if you want to work with me. Just hit me up and ask questions. Uh, I'm at uh, AnthonyGethersPhoto at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. I want to. Um, I appreciate you taking your uh, last couple of hour hour or so of this time on Sunday to talk with me about your uh, career. I really appreciate following you and your work across social media, and um, I hope you all the best. And I, I know you're going to see some great things once we get out of this global pandemic. Oh yeah, like I'm like it's crazy because I'm I've been working I've been working like crazy during this pandemic. So uh, once once we get out of this thing, yeah, I'm. Best believe I'm definitely coming out swinging, uh, and and y'all gonna see y'all gonna see a lot more, uh, a lot more of me around. So <laughs> good stuff, sir. Well, um, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and have a great week. You too.